Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, well, nice to have you listening. Time for our Monday Expert. And since 2002, we've watched 13 seasons of Border Patrol showing numerous seizures of meth, cocaine, and worst of all, apples at our border. It's been an incredibly popular show in New Zealand. It's screened around the world. And if it's piqued your interest, today's your chance. What have you always wanted to ask a customs expert? What happens behind the scenes at our borders, at airports, and also marine ports and the Postal Service? Customs Group Manager, Intelligence Investigations and Enforcement, Terry Brown, is here in the studio with me. Hi, Terry. Kia ora koutou, uh, Jesse and listeners. Uh, nice. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice to talk to you. Tell me about your role at customs. Um, I'll call it the GMIINE, that's probably easier, um, but as the name suggests, it's very enforcement-oriented uh, and, uh, and and deals with all uh, manners of uh, investigations into goods, people, craft uh, that, that um, can come about through offences under the Customs Act and a number of other acts that we administer. And if you've got any particular questions for Terry, you can text them into me on 2101. What is the responsibility of Customs? Where does your responsibility begin and end? Um, we have a cross-border focus on um, uh, travel, trade, revenue and protection. Um, we are the oldest government agency. We like uh, um, reinforcing that. We've been around since 1840, um, so there's a bit of expertise there. Gosh. In many ways, the mandate's the same uh, now as it is then with uh, still a focus on revenue, for example. We collect 17% of the government's uh, tax revenue, which is $18.6 billion last year. Um, and uh, so there's that um, uh, mix and measure of, of promotion with protection, you know, supporting economic growth is, is an element that uh, perhaps isn't uh, quite so aware through watching Border Patrol. Yeah. Tell me about the tax revenue. How does that work in practical terms? Um, essentially, uh, goods and uh, goods and sales tax on imported uh, goods, um, but primarily excisable goods, so alcohol, um, tobacco. Um, so there's duties and tax that's uh, relatable to those goods. Um, the oil industry, for example, so um, that's collected on those goods and uh, that uh, makes its way to the government coffers. Here's one from a listener. Could you please ask your customs expert a rather ordinary question? I want to buy a camera on eBay. It's about $5,000, so not cheap. I know I'm up for GST. Do I have to pay any other costs, asks Ken. Um, no, you don't. Um, and in fact, uh, most uh, offshore purchases, um, the GST is actually collected on our behalf by the vendor and returned um, that way. Um, so if it's a mail order purchase, that's uh, the basic norm. Okay. And any other sort of, you know, you talked about excises. Do we still have things like other other fees that you've got to pay on certain goods? Yeah, there's a number of levies and, and yeah. costs, and, and they're quite variable. So we administer 26 pieces of legislation on behalf of other agencies. Uh, and so uh, it's, it, it can become a little bit convoluted, but um, you know, for commercial importations, um, most uh, importers use the, the services of a customs broker, um, and so that's a relatively simple process. We mm. pride ourselves on uh, on releasing goods um, uh, basically one, once entry is made, unless there's a need to look at it. They just change the rules on GST for stuff you buy overseas, eh? Maybe a couple of years ago, did that impact your job a lot? Um, 
not as such. I mean, we still have um, audit processes that we conduct. Uh, we obviously have uh, a large percentage of our staff, again, outside the, the basic um, listeners' knowledge of customs working at airports and in the mail centre mm. clearing their um, postal goods. Um, you know, we do have quite a large number of other functions that we perform. Christine says, why is bacon from Australian supermarkets banned here? I was told it's due to African swine fever, but there haven't been any outbreaks in Australia. Um, that's a common uh, misconception. So uh, the Ministry for Primary Industries and New Zealand Food Safety Authority uh, deal with uh, that. So the goods will still be entered, but um, uh, if there was a requirement uh, for permit, for example, then that would be the appropriate agency. Okay. To to. And I guess we'll come across biosecurity as well during this conversation because, I mean, for someone like me, you're kind of all mixed up with the same, just people I've got to deal with on the way through the airport. But your duties are quite clearly defined, huh? They are, but we do work very closely with the Ministry for Primary Industries, Biosecurity, also with Immigration New Zealand and at airports, the airport companies. We have a very close relationship because that's important from both uh, the facilitation of legitimate passengers and uh, dealing with the people that um, are perhaps not so uh, honest. Joe says, why is it sometimes you declare seeds and wood products and then you get through without them checking you? Uh, Again, a Ministry for Primary Industry, Biosecurity issue. Um, what power does our customs have compared to other countries, by the way? How do we stack up? Um, we've got uh, some quite uh, wide-ranging powers under the Customs and Excise Act itself, uh, Misuse of Drugs Amendment Act, um, and as I mentioned, uh, 26 other pieces of legislation. So we've got powers of uh, detention, the powers of arrest. Um, we can conduct controlled deliveries, which is um, uh, um, activities that occur beyond the border in respect of uh, drug and firearms uh, um, seizures. Um, each country is different, though, um, and that's a sovereignty issue. So if we look at our close neighbours, Australia, um, the Australia Border Force has similar roles and responsibilities to us, but they also have the Coast Guard. We don't. Uh, they don't investigate drug offending, and we do. OK. Uh, does a half-empty bottle of spirits form part of the allowance, asks someone? Uh, it will fall part of the uh, calculation process. Uh, I would suggest they consume it before they travel. Okay. Here's a customs question from another listener. Why do I have to fill in a customs form and have the post office quiz me about it, quiz me about what's in my package in front of other customers? People can and do lie about what's in the package, so what is the point? Look, I can't speak on behalf of New Zealand Post, but obviously a, a declarations are fixed to every postal packet. Um, and uh, we've moved more into digitalised aged, and so the um, requirement for a postal declaration uh, would normally be known by New Zealand Post from its partners offshore in advance of importation. Why is there a two kilo limit on cheese, asks someone. I can't comment on that. Okay. Uh, You can text me on 2101. What are you looking to catch at the airport? Um, Look, the bulk of travellers are bona fide, Uh, and genuine, Um, and uh, so our primary role is to facilitate those uh, passengers. Um, We have a a rather strong intelligence-led approach. Uh, That's through uh, information that's achieved mainly through the New Zealand Traveller Declaration, uh, which is relatively recent and uh, is being rolled out now in all the airports and uh, is currently being tested and trialled in the maritime domain for uh, cruise passengers. Um, and so that's the opportunity to declare goods um, before you arrive in New Zealand and a risk treatment to be assessed uh, on you personally uh, and determining what action any of the agents might take on your arrival. 
Um, allied with that, uh, obviously, we have intelligence holdings of persons of interest, uh, and so we know in advance uh, through advanced passenger notification information um, who's arriving, and we can gauge our um, response on that basis. What are you looking to stop? Um, the full gamut of things. I mean, um, we, we're principally interested in um, uh, prohibited goods. Um, that includes items like uh, child sex explo- exploitation material um, and drugs, obviously. And we've had a significant number of uh, fines at the airport, um, even even during the COVID uh, period, uh, where people were uh, attempting to smuggle drugs in their personal baggage. Mm-hmm. Um you have a good idea, though, who you're looking at before they arrive in New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. But with that, of course, um, we, we're agile enough to identify um, where people um, – what what you see in front of you doesn't match their travel itinerary. Um, they might uh, have no idea where they're visiting in New Zealand. Um, they might not be able to name uh, where they're staying. And a whole lot of other host of indicators that uh, cumulatively would look to um, base an assessment on that uh, individual. Joe asks, does somebody's profession have an influence on how much you suspect them? No. Do you look at someone when they're coming through and think, oh, this person's looking a bit anxious? Are your officers trained to look for body language, that sort of yes, thing? Yes, and, and we work very closely with um, <clears throat> aviation security. You actually do have behavioural um, officers. Um, we have not applied that uh, discipline ourselves. Um, but we do have officers, uh, and, and obviously if we're talking about the ideal uh, customs officer, uh, we want someone who's curious, um, someone who's who's passionate, their um, honesty, integrity, um, and dare I say, uh, hunters have that hunting spirit. Um, but equally, that uh, also applies to, to people with a, um, a true uh, spirit of service and, and wanting to generally help people. Those scanners you put your baggage through at the airport, are they you or are they by security? It's biosecurity New Zealand, um, but uh, we can utilise those, and we do on occasion, but we have other um, non-intrusive X-ray equipment. We have other drug detection tools, for example, right. um, that and, can analyse goods. Yeah, and, and, but, but you just you, you employ those on a case-by-case basis. Not everyone puts their stuff through the customs X-ray. No, but um, sometimes customs officers will be in attendance at the uh, MPI X-ray mm-hmm. um, as required. We, we often do that. What can you see in that X-ray? Um, they're generally calibrated to look for um, green matter, as you'd expect from being an MPI um, uh, facility. Um, but they can be recalibrated to show uh, other items, uh, and it's a pretty useful identification of whether there might be, for example, a false bottom suitcase. Mm. What sort of drugs are you most interested in? We're interested in all illicit drugs. Um, you know, the the big three: um, methamphetamine cocaine, MDMA, um, but then smaller um, goods of, of drugs which are less common in New Zealand like ketamine um, mm. is a, is a much-abused drug. Uh, then there's various analogues, uh, synthetic opioids, um, which basically a new one comes on the scene just about every day. Um, and so, you know, we're very aware and wary of that. Um, we do uh, equally have access to um, facilities run by ESR um, who... Um, you know, basically provide a service for all of government in terms of testing and analysis of drugs. Someone asks, has the rise of um, online shopping, Timu and AliExpress, and drop shipping been impactful to customs? 
No, not at all, because uh, in fact it's probably been preferable because of the, the comment I made earlier about um, uh, GST owing being collected by the vendor at the point of sale and then pay back to customs at a later date. Uh, I'm talking to our customs expert today. His name's Terry Brown. If you've got a question for him, you can text me on 2101. What is the most popular way to try and get drugs into New Zealand? Uh, I'd, I'd reframe it. Um, what, what we're seeing is, is bulk shipments um, through maritime, um, and that includes um, general commercial routes. Um, piggybacking on uh, legitimate traders is quite a common one. Um, so we've had a number of quite significant seizures. Um, the most uh, significant in recent times was the uh, 3.348 tonnes of cocaine, which was dropped off at the Pacific Ocean, which obviously um, we would maintain was never destined for New Zealand. Um, Where was that found? The quantum. That was in the Pacific Ocean, um, and it was uh, dropped by, um, we call it a mother-daughter situation, uh, whether a mother, mother vessel um, offloads um, the drugs for the purpose of a daughter vessel to pick it up. We're pretty confident that uh, those drugs were not destined for New Zealand uh, just by the sheer volume. It would have been enough to uh, keep the New Zealand market going for 30 years, Gosh. whereas it was enough for one year in Australia, so that was the deduction. Yeah. How far off the coast was it? Um, a fair distance. Yeah. How did you guys find it? Um we work very closely with uh, international agencies and also, um, in this case, with uh, both police and, and uh, New Zealand Defence Force, uh, whose asset actually uplifted it. Um, the uh, and you know it was a great result for the uh, combined forces of uh, New Zealand. What happens to that three ton of cocaine? It will be destroyed. In what way? Uh, Set fire? Wash down the, a very big toilet? No, we don't incinerate. Um, drugs, uh, we do have a method of disposal. Joe asks, does border enforcement pay well and are you currently hiring? Um, we, uh, well, I, I believe that uh, we're within the median range for um, public service agencies. Um, there was uh, some media interest last week on announcements that we've made uh, in response to um, this government and the previous government looking at um, uh, price savings of 6.5%. Uh, and so uh, we, we are currently hiring in terms of our maritime group where we've had uh, uh, money allocated in budget 24 um, to, to increase our footprint there. Um, so, yeah, that's where we currently stand. How often, like how many times a week would you intercept illicit drugs? Uh, it's daily. And um, uh, I didn't completely answer your question. We got carried away with maritime, but obviously uh, um, the the airport is is uh, smaller quantums and lower yields of of drugs. Um, but the mail centre daily, we we're intercepting illicit drugs. And for each one you catch, how many do you think get through? Is there any way of telling? Um, the um, the bad guys don't tell us how much they bring in. Um, and and uh, what we do have is um, some pretty um, well understood uh, intelligence networks. Um, we um, have customs and police seizure data, which we can rely on in terms of that. Um, wastewater testing, which uh, uh, gives a pretty good indication of um, of uh, consumption around the uh, country. Um, the drug price. 
that the drugs are selling for gives a pretty good idea of the uh, mm. demand quotient. Um, and we have the drug harm index, which is important to assess the effort to reduce supply and uh, um, minimise harm in the community. Here's an interesting question through on text, 2101. How are travellers, quote, randomly selected for a full baggage search? Do you profile? I was travelling with my African-born friend who's taken aside every time, departing and arriving no matter where she is. I'm white, and in 61 years I've never been randomly selected. That's a bit of a spicy one there, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk to it. Sure, thanks, Jesse. Um, look, it's, it's a good question, but uh, we don't profile based on nationality, gender, or anything of that sort. Um, what we do do is take a, um, a combination of factors. I think the key word in the question is random. Um, random, um, we do have assurance processes where people are randomly selected uh, for search activity. Uh, that happens right across all activities, whether it's uh, goods, craft or people. Um, so if a person is of interest to us, as I described earlier, um, we'd put them on alert for the purposes of uh, checking their bona fides to travel. Um, if it's a random search, then it's a random search. Ewan in Wellington asks, with cruise ships, what's to stop someone bringing something illegal in from overseas on a cruise ship? Uh, it's it's a vector that, that can occur, um, but we do have uh, enhanced uh, presence in our maritime group to, to manage that process. So we, we apply the same rigour there as we do in the airport. Uh, they just come down the gangplank and off into Auckland City, don't they? Um, Do they come through a, a customs? If it's the first port of arrival, yeah. um, then they're processed by customs uh-huh. and immigration and MPI. Uh-huh. Uh, would they come through the ship? Because otherwise they could just keep it, whatever it was, in their suitcase and wait to the next port. We can do activities on the vessel, yeah. including rummage. Uh, Graham says, are you allowed to take an apple out of New Zealand? I'm not qualified to answer the question, but I'd suggest it would probably be wise not to. Um, you know, that's that's then talking about the um, biosecurity requirements in the, the country where they're going. Follow-up from Graham, can you bring a pair of shoes made from snake into the country? We have uh, CITES um, in terms of uh, trade and endangered species. So um, if, it, if it runs afoul of that, then it'll be seized um, by MPI on behalf of Department of Conservation. Uh, Firearms, is that a big issue for you? Huge issue. Yeah. Um, you know, transnational organised crime, uh, the automatic assumption is that we're focusing on drugs, uh, and we do, but uh, not to the expense of, expense of uh, firearms, which is seen as a significant issue. How do people get firearms in? Um, well, people can legitimately bring them in under permit, um, but firearms and parts are probably a significant issue for us, particularly in the male environment. In the male environment, yes. M-A-I-L. Partic- particularly with um, parts being imported through that, that uh, stream. How often would you find something? Regularly. And if you find it in the male, is it easy to tell who it's being sent to? We have close, uh, well, first we have close uh, access to police armourers uh, who, who are available to give us assistance in that space. Um, so we would detain it for the pur- purpose of um, uh, checking in with police and checking the bona fides of the recipient uh, and whether they had a, a, a permit to enable them to, to import those mm. goods. What about drugs through the through the postal service? If um, you know, if you open a package and it's got some cocaine in there, I mean, obviously they're going to be not going to be stupid enough just to write the name of the person they're sending it to and the address, or maybe sometimes they are. But, you know, if you've, if you've got it, is it easy enough to find the person it was destined for? 
Um, I mean, you, you've, you've touched on a valid point that um, you're only reliant upon the declaration affixed to the package, and often it is a false name. Um, often the address is a collection address. Uh, often it's um, a, a piece of real estate with any property on it, uh, an empty section. Mm. Um, and so those are things that we um, uh, rely heavily on our intelligence indices just to uh, pull together um, who, who the likely recipient was and we can take operational activity beyond that point. Penny asks, what percentage of your targeted or alerted searches are successful? Um, we do maintain records of of that. Uh, I'm, I'm loath to respond to um, the targeted searches in the sense that um, you know we we are constantly adjusting um, our targeting rules so that we're identifying the right part of the population we're seeking. Um, do we get um, a positive result with everyone? Clearly not. The assurance process that's undertaken, um, that's a good test of, of how effective our targeting is because if we get zero um, positives from that, that indicates that we're on the right track. One person says he gets ran, or he or she gets randomly swabbed for explosives every time they fly. Uh, they say they have their explosive tickets, which I guess means that they're maybe qualified to use explosives, so perhaps they're wondering if their job is being lined up with their likelihood of uh, carrying those explosives. Um, if I understand the question correctly, uh, it, it's on departure from New Zealand and it's the aviation security it Sounds like it, yeah. That's different from you, eh? Yes, yes. Fjordland must be a huge hole in customs armour, asks somebody. Look, New Zealand's got um, a, a very large coastline. There is absolutely no doubt about that. We've got one patrol vessel um, which uh, operates in the North Island. It has been recently down to Christchurch. Um, but, um, you know, we do heavily rely on, on uh, uh, water assets uh, for New Zealand Defence Force. Um, so, yeah, the short answer is yes. We have um, uh, very few ports of first arrival that way. Often cruise vessels uh, go down in the Fiordland area, um, but that's not uh, to say that we can't deploy our maritime resources there. Here's an interesting one. Do you need customs clearance to bring in human remains? Uh, no, you don't, um, but uh, you know, appreciating that it's a very sensitive issue. Um, when human remains for interment are to be sent from New Zealand, um, there will usually be completed customs export formalities. Um, the human remains are exempt from export requirements. Otherwise, individual airlines will have their own requirements, and so it would pay to check in on that. Um, we do have procedures for the import of human remains uh, on our website. Um, I guess the key thing, if you are travelling and bringing human ashes, remains, um, you do not need a customs clearance or present any documents. But you should check with the airline and airport security uh, at the point of departure or transit. Okay. While we're on it, how about placentas? Same same provisions apply. So um, human remains, placenta, other body parts um, would be covered by that same rule. Do you have a search mobile phone uh, for people coming back into the country? Yes, we have uh, the powers under the Customs Excise Act uh, 2018 to do so. I was the ser uh, senior responsible officer for the implementation of the Act. And um, I did 26 interviews on that power alone. Um, and so it's a significant power. Uh, and it's one that we use in a, in a tiered fashion, so it's only utilised under um, under necessary requirements, um, and people do have an obligation to provide their um, passkey, for example, um, to allow access to that. We've had a number of instances where people try and destroy their phone. 
Really? But we have technology and forensics capability to be able to recover that. So it has been a useful tool for you? Absolutely. It's amazing how many people carry evidence to the Commission of Offences on their phone. How Are there any restricted items we haven't covered that um, you're interested in talking about, things that might surprise people? Look, I don't think it's a surprise. I think there's probably some items and uh, some of the earlier questions, uh, cheese, etc. Um, clearly there's um, a lot of interest in um, you know, bringing foodstuffs back and the restrictions on that. Again, that's not a, a customs purview. Um, but certainly um, firearms, other weapons, f- uh, flick knives, um, child sexual exploitation material is a big one. We've got a, uh, a dedicated team that that works with uh, police and Department of Internal Affairs to um, police that. Uh, and so that's a significant um, level of effort from us to yeah. combat that. Michael wants to know how much tobacco is smuggled into New Zealand. Quite a lot. Really? Yep. We have a dedicated tobacco uh, team. Um, New Zealand's um, in an interesting space because we used to have a local manufacturer, of course, mm. in New Zealand. Um, when British American Tobacco withdrew, um, we still had quite a number of uh, small concerns who were growing tobacco um, and were not licensed to do so, or to manufacture, I should say. Um, and so we had quite a significant domestic tobacco, illicit tobacco problem in the 80s and 90s. Um, in the 2000s, we've gone the way of the rest of the world with uh, circuitous routing of uh, tobacco around the globe. Um, Australia um, has uh, significant numbers of uh, seizures of tobacco um, each week. Um, we're not quite in that realm, um, but it's uh, inevitable that uh, we're getting there with the, uh, the costs involved. Is artificial intelligence something that you use or that you plan to use in the future? We don't currently use artificial intelligence, but um, uh, Customs is very much in, interested in technology and innovation. That's um, two cornerstones of uh, our forward strategic uh, pursuit. Mm, Terry Brown from Customs, thanks so much. My pleasure, thank you.